You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. It's great to be with you today on America's Web Radio, David. It's the Immigration Hour, and it's great to be back. You missed me last week? You did, didn't you? I could tell he missed me, folks, because uh, he's got that dour look on his face that he gets when he says, I miss Chuck when he's not here. Who's going to bring sanity to my radio station? Um, David, while I was gone uh, for, I don't know, five days, and this happens every time I go out of the country, there's a major announcement on immigration. Did you hear about the immigration announcement last week? Yep. Yeah, it made kind of made big news. You know what was really interesting about that? I, one of the things I love to do, I'm kind of a political junkie in some ways. Are you familiar with Thomas at the Library of Congress? It's the um, website they maintain that tracks all the bills that are put into Congress. Have you ever used that? What's cool about Thomas, uh, and if you can find this, you go to thomas.loc.gov. And this this uh, particular program tracks every bill. Well, I don't know how far back it goes, but certainly as far as I'm interested in looking at bills. And looks at the legislative history of all the bills, who's the sponsors, the actual text, changes to the text. And so the, one of the first things I did when I heard that the president was going to endorse uh, the, the immigration bill sponsored by the new uh, elected senator of the Federation for American Immigration Reform, uh, Senator Cotton, and he was going to be joined by our very own know-nothing himself, David Perdue, I thought, you know, wow. I know that Cotton had put a bill in back in uh, February that had been sponsored uh, and written by his uh, his uh, his bosses at the Federation for American Immigration Reform and FAIR and all the Tanton uh, anti-population groups that are out there, like Numbers USA, etc. Uh, I know he put that in because now that Sessions is Attorney General, they needed some other minion in Congress, so they got they they, they bought Cotton off to do that. Uh, and I thought, wow, that's weird. I, I didn't think anybody else had joined Cotton's bill because every sane Republican knows that it's never going to pass Congress and that it's you know, completely vituperously uh, uh, just wrong for America uh, and, and very xenophobic. Uh, and here's Trump endorsing. So I went to Thomas and I said, oh... I wonder how many. I mean, they, maybe they've made inroads in Congress, besides past uh, uh, the hypocrite David Perdue, and no, there's only two co-sponsors of this bill, um, just just Cotton and Perdue, uh, and Donald Trump wants to get behind it. Now, it's no no. Nobody should be surprised that Donald Trump got behind a xenophobic immigration bill written by opponents of immigration to America. Uh, he is, after all, staffing his entire administration with anti-immigration restrictionist know-nothings, uh, like Steve Miller, who apparently is going to be the communications director, um, uh, along with people like Bannon uh, and others that he has uh, put in. The head of FAIR is now the head of the Ombudsman's office. Uh, uh, they've got other, uh, other folks from the anti-immigration uh, groups that are staffing DHS, that are staffing DOJ, that are at CBP and ICE. So nobody should be surprised uh, that the anti-immigration movement has gained a foothold uh, uh, maybe even a whole leg hold in the uh, in the Trump administration, uh, but this bill uh, we know about. It's been around since February, and there's been no substantive changes to Cotton's bill since then. Um, and I guess it just took till now uh, when Trump wanted to go full bore anti-immigration uh, to really get uh, somebody interested in, in pushing it forward. But here's the reality: I mean, both uh, uh, the, Re- the Republican Party is not going to become known as the anti-immigration party, at least at the national level with this type of bill. I mean, that might be, they might become the anti-immigration party otherwise, but they're not going to be part of it in this bill. Uh, and that's because this bill would, would really wreak havoc on the American economy. Uh, it would be so bad for the United States that um, at the end of the day, it would have no positive impact, none. Uh, and I know it was really interesting because you had uh, uh, you had uh, cotton with these talking points uh, about the bill, and literally every talking point was how do you say this? What does the Washington speak for lying, David? They have a different word they use. Uh, 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 it, it was exaggerated. 
but really it was more just a lie uh, about these bills. And um, uh, our friends at Cater did a really good job of actually looking at the facts uh, on this immigration bill so that you can see what, what it really is. Uh, and uh, we're going to walk through parts of the, the RAISE Act today, uh, RAISE, R-A-I-Z, not R-A-Z-E. Because that's really what this bill does. It raises the entire immigration system as we currently know it. So I think we're going to start calling it the raise bill as the balls, as opposed to the raise bill. Uh, does, that, does that sound right, Dave? That, that's, that's about right. <clears throat> but our friend David uh, Beer, who's been on our show before, um, had a, another op-ed in the Wall Street Journal uh, earlier this week uh, where he really addressed the different parts of this bill. And I think it's really important. First, I want to congratulate David for getting in the New York Times again as an op-ed. I think it's, it's really, it shows you what a great writer he is and what a deep thinker he is about these issues. Um, and this is in the New York Times, which is, which is you know, America's newspaper of record, so to speak. All right. So this bill uh, argues that America is experiencing an abnormally high immigration. Not true. Uh, that immigrants are hurting American wages. Not true. That their bill would prioritize skilled immigrants, not true, uh, and America would be more competitive internationally, not true. David David is very sweet, very nice guy. He calls these pure fiction. Uh, David, I'm not, as you probably know at this point, not not quite as nice. Uh, I call them lies. Uh, I think it's best to call something out as what it really is, as opposed to being necessarily you know politically correct about it. Um, so this bill is a drastic. Let's talk about what the bill does, David. First off, this bill essentially eliminates family immigration. Um, now we have had a number of shows over the years uh, that talked about the line. You need to get in the line. Uh, why don't these people just wait in the line? Well, this bill eliminates the line. There is no line because the categories disappear. So if you have been patiently waiting because your brother filed for you 15 years ago and you've been patiently waiting your place in line, uh, if this bill became law, sorry, you're done. You're not coming in. Have a nice day. We don't want you in anymore. Uh, that, of course, would be a fraud. Uh, and would would uh, been near to America's detriment. In fact, David, this last weekend I was in Peru uh, talking to an old friend of mine down there, uh, and I said, so how's it going? I said, well, it's great, but I'm going to be moving to America next year. I said, really? Yeah, my brother filed for me about uh, about 15 years ago, and I think it's, it looks like we looked at the bases. It looks like it's going to be ready to go next year sometime. I said, well, that would be true if this Raise Act doesn't occur. And I told him about the Raise Act, and he just turned white. He says, but I've been waiting in line. They, that's not fair. They can't do that to me. Well, unfortunately, Congress could do anything it wants on immigration. So they could do that. Now, I also mean it's not going to happen. Uh, but that what this bill does. So it eliminates the ability of a U.S. citizen <clears throat> or a permanent resident to bring in anybody who is not their spouse, or child under 18. Right now, the child limit is 21. So, child under 18. So, if you wanted to immigrate to America, uh, because just say you've got a brilliant idea and you're going to come to America because Donald Trump wants you here, uh, and you're successful, you can't ever bring your parents to take care of them. You can't bring your siblings to to reunite your family. And if your kids are over 21, they're not coming either. Welcome to America. Let's take our first break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. 
Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Um, David, how's your garden, by the way? <laughs> it's like, uh, you know what's doing right outside right now? It's raining. Um, and this is apparently, I was look, talking to some climate guys uh, down in Peru. Uh, this is not going to change. This is, this is the way it's going to be for the next while. Every year, it's going to get a lot more rain in the southeast like this. So we need to start planting, uh, instead of drought-tolerant plants, flood-tolerant plants would be good. I, I think we could rice, far- rice farming. We could go to rice farming next year. That's, uh, that might do us well. I want to put my tomato plants in little canoes. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to go back to David Beer's article. Again, I, I, I encourage you to read it. It's from the August 4th edition of, uh, of the New York Times. Um, and David starts out addressing each of the, quote, pure fiction talking points of the Rays Act. Um, and uh, as I said, this bill, uh, they said, brings legal immigration back to its, quote, its historical norms, uh, close quote. But what they fail to do is talk about the population growth of the United States. So a million immigrants in 2017 is not equivalent to a million immigrants in 1900 when there was a quarter of as many Americans. So we bring in, yes, a million immigrants a year, and only about 140,000 of them are actually employment-based immigrants, uh, and really only about a third of those are because of the way the numbers work that we talked about previously. Um, this is not making America worse. Some immigrants aren't uh, sucking off the government teeth. They're not uh, uh, in any way doing anything that de- degrades or, or makes America worse. And in fact, every piece of evidence out there shows that America is doing better. As David points out in his article, this is what I love about the folks at uh, at Cato. They really are numbers-focused. Very, very factually-based numbers-focused. Focused. And I, I think David's got a either a master's or a Ph.D. in, uh, in, in, in economics. I know Alex uh, Noroste, who's also been on our show, uh, has also got a Ph.D. in economics. Brilliant, brilliant man. Alex was on, uh, was on um, Tucker Carlson last night. I have to watch that show and see how he did. I'm sure he did great. But what David said is controlling for population. Today's immigration rate is nearly 30% below its historical average. If this bill becomes law, the rate would fall to 60% below the, uh, below the average. Um, and really, the only reason they're low is because of the World Wars and the Great Depression. So those are not norms they want to return to. Now, Cotton, and again, I don't know why Senator Cotton from Arkansas is so anti-white immigration. I mean, anti-immigration from people places that are not white. Um, that's, what, that's what his bill really does. It eliminates brown and black uh, immigration. Uh, Cotton is trying to connect a slow increase in the immigration rate to recent decades in declining wages for Americans without a college degree, implying that low-skilled workers are facing more competition for jobs than in earliest years, earlier years. But this correlation, as David said, is, quote, spurious, close quote, because it ignores the size of the overall labor pool. And that's the thing with, with you know, what, what did Mark Twain say? There's lies, damn lies, and statistics. Uh, but you take out statistics, look at the numbers. Just look at the pure numbers of this. Uh, the talking points they've come up with literally are complete fabrications, complete lies, uh, and they're going to they're going to sell this bucket of lies uh, to the American public. This they're going to try. So, if you look at all the new job seekers, David say, born here and abroad, it actually reveals a significant decline in new workers competing for American jobs during the post-war period, from 1948 to 1980, as incomes rose for all workers. The labor force grew by 76%, driven largely by baby boomers. That's David, you and I are both baby boomers, aren't we? Are you baby boomer? Are you pre-baby boomer. Are you baby boomer? Yeah. yeah me too. So we're both baby boomers. We, we drove that drove that up. 
uh, and women entering the labor force for the first time. Since then, declining birth rates have led to about half as many new competitors entering the labor force each year, despite many more immigrants. This is such a great article uh, that David wrote here because it really goes to the core against the arguments of the anti-immigration folks because it really reveals who they are. They are anti-population, pro-abortion, eugenics folks. They're really about shrinking the number of people in the U.S. and the world. That's where Tanton and his minions come from. Uh, To them, immigration is just a means to an end. Um, They're all for forced sterilization, all for the negative stuff that doesn't make America and families stronger. Um, Now, here's what's really powerful in David's uh, op-ed here, is less educated Americans also faced less competition during this period. The ranks of non-college-educated workers swelled 50% in the post-war period, compared to, and that's that period up until 1980, compared uh, with just a 16% growth in recent decades during this period of immigration. During both periods, high school dropouts saw a near continuous decline in labor market competition from workers born here or elsewhere. In contrast, college graduates actually dealt with more competition than they had before. So the whole fallacy of their argument is that no, Americans aren't facing more competition from foreign workers. They're actually facing less competition. All this suggests that the stagnation of wages has other origins, such as one New technology, burdensome regulations, not more job seekers, immigrant or otherwise. Um, now, I, again, David is just such a nice man, uh, and um, he 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 does this. He says it in a very nice way. The senator's analysis suffers from similar confusion when they say their bill would create a, mo- a system modeled after Canada and Australia, controlling for population. These countries accept two or three times as many legal immigrants as America. All right, well, you want to have a system that does that? Well, you're welcome to. I think America would be a lot stronger. But I find it interesting that they want, Cotton wants to copy Canada's immigration system, but doesn't want to copy their health care system. So what do you like about Canada, what you don't like about Canada? I mean, is it, you, get, you get to pick and choose now, apparently it is. Now, so percentage-wise, Canada and Australia welcomes many more people than we do. Canada and Australia aren't the only ones also surpassing us in welcoming immigrants. 17 developed countries accepts more immig- legal immigration as a share of their population than does the United States. This places the U.S. As an econ- at an economic disadvantage in the global race for talent. For years, Canada has attracted skilled immigrants from America, and Microsoft even opened an office there specifically to take advantage of its system. Now, uh, it's, it's interesting... Uh, basically, Cotton and Purdue, who are anti-regulatory, uh, anti-government involvement, want to actually have more government policy, more government taxation on immigration. They want to micromanage the labor markets in the United States. That's what they want to do. Um, so, what's that going to? What's the, the solution for this? Is simple, David. If I'm an American business and I need 200 software engineers in Dallas, Texas next next year. We're growing rapidly. Got to have 12, 200 software guys. I can't find them here. I would normally, if I couldn't find them here, I'd use the H-1B visa to bring them in to work for me. That's going to be gone under this program, basically. What do I do? I either shut my business down or I move it someplace else. So, I'll look at Canada. Hey, I'll look at Mexico. Where it's less, it's easier to bring in these types of workers than in the United States. So you want to have Cotton and Purdue. The irony never ceases to amaze me that these uh, anti-government, pro-business, uh, anti-regulatory politicians have no problem micromanaging U.S. businesses when it comes to immigration. Um, David makes a really good point. Rather than cutting immigration, Congress should raise employment-based quotas, which has not been adjusted since 1990, when the United States had 77 fewer million fewer people and the economy was half the size it is now. A smart reform would double green cards and peg future work visas to economic growth, responding to market forces rather than political whims. I mean, that's 
I mean, that, that's, the way you, that's the way immigration should work. It should be tied directly to the economy and the economic growth of the United States. Uh, a lot of these um, anti-immigration restrictionists know-nothings suffer from this delusion that the pie never grows in America, and that American economy doesn't grow, that it doesn't get any bigger. When, in fact, there is no set size to the American economy, and it will continue to grow. And as you have a larger population, the economy itself will continue to grow and continue to bring economic benefits to all people in the spectrum. Now, it cannot be doubted that there are some people left behind, but that's not because of immigration. That's the immigra- Immigrants don't cause native-born Americans to lose jobs. Uh, I don't know a single employer that I represent that wouldn't tomorrow, tomorrow, hire an equally qualified U.S. worker to a foreign national. They would do it in a heartbeat if they could find that person. Well, what about all the people without jobs out there? A lot of people without jobs. Okay. Have they improved their skill set? What jobs are they out of? What work are they out of? What work don't they get to do? If you're talking about jobs in manufacturing, you're talking about jobs uh, that involve manual labor, here's your, here's your reality. Those jobs are disappearing. Technology will eliminate many of those jobs going forward. Technology uh, is going to be the blame for the closing of factories. And I, I represent a number, a number of manufacturing companies. You go in their plants, and where 20 years ago to represent them, they had two or 300 people in their plant, they have 20 now with robots doing the same amount of work, if not more, and doing it more perfectly. Uh, that's the reality, folks. Uh, we, we, you know, there's several books out there talking about the jobless future, how we're going to deal with the jobless future. But the idea that you're out of a job in X field, you're no longer can be a coal miner, or you're not a person that works the, works the loom in a factory, those jobs are gone. Uh, and you, you really have to look at the future. Where can I get... Uh, an education and or training that will move me forward uh, on this process as as to moving me against the process. Uh, Again, I just thought David did a a really good job on the talking points on this because this bill uh, is truly uh, dangerous to America. Dangerous to America. Um, now let's talk a little bit more about the Raise Act. Um, I, I got It's kind of like REZ, definitely the REZE Act, the Raise Act is going to raise immigration to America. Um, but as we look at the at the bill itself, let's look at what it does. One, as I talked about before the last break, uh, it actually eliminates all family-based immigration except for spouses and children under 18 of U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Um, Two, it eliminates the diversity lottery program. Now, David, you and I have talked about the green card lottery program. I'm not a huge fan because I really don't think immigration to America should be based upon luck. That said, the diversity lottery has been very effective at bringing African immigrants to the United States in because they really essentially couldn't immigrate before in, in our system, not because they were blocked out, but because our immigration system before was either family-based or employment-based, focusing on uh, education, and the systems in Africa didn't put forward those folks to come over here, uh, and many didn't have relatives over there. So over here, so the African-based immigration was essentially nil. Uh, very, very low before 1990 uh, when the lottery was created. And the lottery has brought in millions of, uh, uh, a couple million African immigrants over the, over the last 27 years. And I think America, America is much better for it. So the diversity lottery program is gone. Uh, the refugee program um, is uh, uh, basically going to be capped at 50,000 from 100,000. Uh, and um, uh, as they talk about the family-based immigration and redefining child and immediate relative, uh, it is going to be really, um, it would be a complete rewrite of immigration law. Let's take our break here on Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Look at my shirt. I got this big si blood. Si problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. 
Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio, the Immigration Hour. We're kind of walking through the bill itself. So what it does, right now, worldwide levels of family-based immigration are about 435,000. This bill limits them to 88,000 in any fiscal year. So essentially, it eliminates family-based immigration. Um, No more unmarried sons and daughters of U.S. citizens. No more unmarried sons and daughters of LPRs. No married sons and no no married sons and daughters of citizens, and no brothers and sisters. Just bam, America no longer wants your family. David, now I was thinking about this. Uh, if and this bill supposedly is going to attract um, people to come to the United States uh, because of our great point system, which we'll get into in a bit. But think about this: Would you immigrate to a country in which you could not bring your children? Oh, man, I don't think people. Will, I mean, I wouldn't. Would you immigrate to a country in which you couldn't bring your parents? Especially for a lot of people are from these cultures, David, where, where the kids are in charge of their parents' lives. They're responsible for their parents. Would you move to a country in, in that situation? I wouldn't. So it, that, that's the plan here, by the way. They, they know that will happen. And so uh, these, these restrictionists really want to eliminate legal immigration. I and mean, we talked about this for years, David, on our show. Do, do not think that this rhetoric is only about illegal immigration. It's about legal immigration. Uh, I hate to say that I told you so, David, but you're right. I, I told you. Did you write that down, by the way? Did you write, right when I said Hillary was going to win the election, right next to that, okay? Yeah. yeah but I told you that. They also create... <laughs> You, you, you were a Hillary supporter. You would have liked it if she had won. So. Well, I, I would have liked it if she would have won because we wouldn't be having Donald Trump as our president right now. Uh, I think America would be far better off without Donald Trump as president. I think, I think a vast majority of Americans agree with me on that. I don't think so, and I think, uh, you know... It- Everybody has to have their own opinion, and that's uh, your opinion. And well, that's what's great about my show, David. It's my show, so I get to have the opinion. That's right, and uh, but not necessarily the opinion of the radio. Station. Well, no, no, I know it is. Our, my views do not reflect the views of the radio station nor its ownership. That how, is that how it goes, David? That's a, that's a beautiful. Beautiful, like very much. I've done better myself. You got it written out. You got it written out. Um, they create a new visa category called the W visa. For parents of U.S. citizens who are at least 20, so your parents can have a five-year, what is essentially a visitor visa for five years. I guess they can come here and um, uh, they can die, I guess. But you have to have your own health insurance uh, to do this. Um, uh, what's interesting, this bill would also be effective as that there is no, it invalidates, this bill invalidates any petition under the fa- family-based category filed before the date of the act, which is invalid. It's gone. Okay. Um, so, and it eliminates everybody in the line unless your line is currently current and you come in within a year. So it's all gone. It's just literally, now if you're talking about millions of people who have planned their future around the U.S. immigration system, just gone. This is why this is called the RAISE Act, the R-A-Z-E Act, the RAISE Act, because uh, it really raises immigration uh, in America. Uh, I'm so glad they chose that name. That's just awesome. Five, David, it establishes a point-based system. Now, you, you ever heard of the point system in Canada, David? Are you familiar with that? Uh, so uh, basically it awards points for um, uh, speaking English, 
You look at the total points. So you get points for if you have a, if you have a degree of some kind, and depending where your degree is, you get certain points. Uh, English proficiency, you get points. Um, it doesn't give you points for uh, having a job in the United States. So you just have to be fluent in English, uh, be make be offered a job, could be offered to make a lot of money, uh, or be making a lot of money, or have a lot of money. Uh, and be able to speak English. You have those things, um, then you can the, you get a highest ranking every six months. Every six months, you can come to the United States, um, and you can bring with you um, uh, minor children under the age of eighteen and a U.S. citizen. Okay. Uh, and uh, adult children of applicants who are unable to care for themselves get to come in. How very nice is this? Uh, no public benefits for five years, which is currently the law anyway. Uh, and this employment-based system is really fascinating. So, David, let's 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 run you points. All right. So they have a point system here that goes in from zero to fifty-one plus. So, if you are the highest point you can get is if you're twenty-six to thirty years old. You get 10 points. David, you and I are both above 51, right? You would both admit that, right? How many points do you get for being above 51? Zero. All right, so you know points. All right. Education, David. A U.S. or foreign high school degree, one point, up to a U.S. professional degree or doctoral degree. So, David, you have a bachelor's degree, all right? So you get six points. Six points. Bachelor, U.S. bachelor's degree, six points. I have a U.S. professional degree... I get 13 points. That's not fair. That's, I agree. It's not fair, David. It's not fair. Because your bachelor's degree is worth far more than my, than my JD. Mine was practical. Yours is just a lawyer. Yeah, my, <laughs> David, English proficiencies. You got six. I have 13. We both have no points on age, right? All right. So English proficiency. How would you rank your English proficiency? Would be you, would you mean the top 10%? Would you be well, a little bit lower than that? You know, I speak Southern too. So let's say let's say the ninth decile, not top ninety percent for the Southern. Okay, you get eleven more points. I'll take eleven too because I'm from New York. So that gives you seventeen, and gives me twenty-four. Seventeen to twenty-four. All right, kind of a football game. Next category, David. Have you won a Nobel Prize? You haven't, have you? No, but I, I stayed at the holiday. Uh, how? how <laughs> How about an Olympic gold medal? Have you you went to the Olympics? Yeah, but you didn't. We didn't win a level. Okay, so no points for I didn't you. Go to the, I went to the Blue Ridge Mountains for the Olympics. Okay, oh, so you so you get zero points like I do. So you, we still at seventeen and twenty four. Um, job offer, David. The annual salary uh, is one hundred fifty percent or two hundred percent of the median household income in the state of employment. You get five points, two hundred percent, three hundred percent, eight points, more than three hundred percent, thirteen points. David, would you consider yourself making more, 150 cent, 50% to 200% more than the median income in the state? So, you know. So, you get, David, zero points. Another egg. Zero points. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take eight points here, David, because um, I'm a lawyer. Okay. Yeah, well. So, I now, you have 17 points, and I now have 32. 32, David. Uh, investment in and active management. David, do you have $1.3 million to invest in a business today? I do not. Okay, so you get zero points. As do it. Zero points for me. So you're still at 17, and I'm still at 32. I get to wash your car. 17, 32. All right. Um, you get no family, no points. Effective a spouse, no. Um, so, David, I, I, I've, got some, I've got some bad news for you. I you, can't immigrate. You can't immigrate to America. Oh, well. And I can't immigrate to America. It's okay. I'm going back to Texas anyway. <laughs> great, great Texas joke there, by the way. Uh, so you are barred from immigration to the United States. Cool. It's the Rays Act. It eliminates legal immigration to America. Um, you know, Canada has a point system that's a little bit different than this. Uh, not much, but it's a little bit different than this. Uh, and that's why Canada has lots of taxi cab drivers who have PhDs. You know, yeah, okay. Do you think really people are going to come to America under this formula and not be able to bring their families? Meet these criteria? I mean, it's a joke. This, this, is, this is truly a joke. 
uh, and it is meant to destroy legal, legal immigration to the United States. Um, uh, I am uh, uh, what I'm happy about, however, David, is this this bill will never even have a hearing in the Senate. I will never even have a hearing. Uh, neither Cotton nor uh, nor uh, uh, nor Purdue have any political sway in the House to get something like this passed. And this bill is not that different from bills that have been introduced in the House and the Senate previously by other minions of the of the far uh, far crazy uh, anti-immigration groups. Uh, used to be led by Senator Sessions. Cotton has now taken over that role. Uh, but it is uh, clearly a system uh, that will not see the light of day. So uh, people were freaking out, David. They were calling my office while I was gone. They were texting me on fake Facebook. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? This bill will never become law. Not a chance in high heaven that it will become law. Uh, Lindsey Graham says it's not going to become law. Marco Rubio says it's not going to become law. Donald Trump, uh, McCain says it's not going to become law. Guess what? It's not going to become the law. What these people want to do, though, is they want to use this as a building block for an immigration reform package. Now, David, you're an expert on Congress and how they operate. Uh, do you think there's any chance after health care has failed that they will address something as complicated as immigration? No. Dave Bichickin has said no, not a chance. You think they're even going to do tax reform? You think they're going to get the tax reform? Can you do tax reform without fixing the health care system? You think so? I don't think you can. I don't think you can. But you voted for Hillary. I voted against Donald Trump. I voted against Donald Trump. Um, and uh, as a never-Trumper, I'm proud of that. Because I think, I think really he is setting America on a very, very dangerous course. Uh, and he is, I really truly believe he is the worst president to ever set foot in the White House. Um, I just don't know whether he's going to be still there in, in four years or not, or whether President Pence will have taken care of things at that point. Um, but this is, uh, this is a bill... Tell your clients, if your lawyers, uh, tell the press. This bill is not going to go anywhere. Keep looking at Thomas. Uh, Thomas.lseo.gov for this bill, for the Raise Act. Uh, this is by Senate 1720, by the way, which actually does bring us back to 1720. How ironic that is. Um, it is, uh, if you see any other sponsors jump on board, maybe they'll have a hearing. But I don't think you're going to see any sponsors on this bill because it's just that bad. It's just... It's it's like the, 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 the teenage dream of FAIR now that they have people in the White House who will listen to them and they have people in the, in the government agencies. All those people, by the way, will be losing their jobs in, in three and a half years. Uh, I don't know who the Democrats will put up. Uh, unless they put Hillary up, I think they're going to be sitting in the White House in four years. But, David, is she running again, by the way? I know you want her to. Do. You want her to. You and I both know Uncle Joe's going to run. She's on the... Uh Biblical uh, circuit now. I heard about that. I heard about that. You saw that article as well, didn't you? Uh, but uh, I think Uncle Joe's going to be running. Uh, I would hope some younger people would run, honestly. I don't think you need gray hair to govern America. I certainly don't think you need orange hair to govern America. Um, but I'd like to see somebody with some real ideas up in Washington, D.C., uh, rather than the stuff that divides America. I don't, don't you just wish they could just get something done? Just get something done. I wish they could. Uh, Dave, can we take our break now and then come back for a longer segment as we as we as we phase out? Not much longer. All right, let's take sure, our break. Jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net this is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Great to be back on the, the America's Web Radio, David. Uh, I did miss you last week. I really did. Prue was wonderful. Uh, maybe some Peruvian listeners, but if you need a vacation and you want to have a great time, you need to go to Peru. Didn't you like my comment of the picture? I did. I did. I love that. I put some great pictures up there, didn't I? The God of Immigration. Yeah, that's, that's right there. Yeah, I promoted my firm right there at Machu Picchu, Siempre al lado de Inmigrante, um, and it was just a lot of fun. Just a lot of fun. I got a lot of comments. Hey, how, how come you speak Spanish? You know, it's like, uh, you know, el idioma de Dios. It's the way God speaks. You got to be able to speak what God speaks. It's just that easy. Um, so we've we've got this Raise Act. This is not going to go anywhere, folks. I think I think the like a lot of other bills that get introduced in Congress, like the Dream Act. It's just going to sit there until the leadership decides that they want to move. And I think and this bill really is kind of a a bill designed to attack the Dream Act. What they'll say is, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, address the Dream Act, then you've got to address this bill too. That's this is just thrown up there as a roadblock. It's thrown up there as a a means by which uh, um, the anti-immigration groups can stop pro-immigration bills from passing. Um, you know, obviously, if there's a vote on the floor of the Senate tomorrow, the Raise Act it gets. Is, is defeated and Dream Act passes. We we know that. We we know that will happen. If it was a vote in which there was no pressure at all, there's a a sixty vote majority for the Dream Act. There's simply no doubt that it would pass. Um, but the problem is, it's being held up uh, by those who want to tie a um, an overall immigration fix to the Dream Act. Uh, and really, if you really care about the kids that are suffering uh, because of DACA and because of what has happened with that and the threats that DACA is under going forward, um, you would call your congressman. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, David, that number is 202-223-1212, 202-223-1212, and call your senator and say, vote on the DREAM Act. Vote on the DREAM Act. Vote on the DREAM Act. Uh, because if, if they would vote on the DREAM Act, um, alone, it would certainly pass Congress as we know it. It would certainly pass. Uh, the DREAM Act in the Senate today is uh, Senate uh, 1615 that has Lindsey Graham and seven co-sponsors. Uh, the DREAM Act in the House is sponsored by another Republican, by Democrat, Royal uh, uh, Representative Royal Ballard, uh, and has three co-sponsors. I don't think any of them are, are, uh, are Republicans. Um, uh, no, in fact, they are. They're actually two Republicans, Kaufman from Colorado, uh, Rose Lyndon from uh, Florida, and Lofgren, Zoe Lofgren from California. So it's a bipartisan bill in both of these. Um, uh, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's not seeing the light of day because they want to tie uh, an overall fix of immigration. Uh, they want to tie building the wall. They want to tie increasing spending on immigration enforcement at a time when there are fewer immigrants coming to America. And that's another thing, David. If... If you limit something that is in great demand, what generally happens? Anybody who's taken Econ 101 will tell you the price will go up, uh, demand will not decrease, and people will find a way around the, the, around the supply problem. Let, let's point up issue number one. There's a great example of this, David. I don't know, David, you were probably a teenager during Pro- Prohibition, right? You were a teenager about that time? <laughs> So go back to Prohibition, 1921? People like drinking in America. The pro-Prohibition forces, we need to stop alcohol. It's destroying people's lives. Okay. You know, alcohol generally doesn't serve a lot of great purposes and certainly does destroy lives, but people have their free will. We're gonna, but we're going to pass a law that makes it illegal. So that eliminated alcohol in America, right? No. What, I mean, what was the exact opposite result? Increased crime, the rise of criminal organizations, and people drinking alcohol behind closed doors. Okay, marijuana is another great example of this. Okay, people want to use marijuana; it's illegal. Yet there's marijuana everywhere in America, right? So if you said, "Okay, we're not going to have any immigrants, so we're going to limit immigration to America to essentially 150,000." It's not halving the immigration. It's like eliminating immigration to America. Um, what's going to happen? Illegal immigration is going to go up. 
This idea that Trump has reduced illegal immigration at the border as and it's a result of the increased enforcement is a fallacy. It's not. Really, the only increase that we've seen in any illegal immigration over the last uh, three years uh, or this year is because of the people fleeing the nightmare that is Central America. All other immigration is down significantly and is on a downward trend for the last 15 years. Why? Because the demand, the outlet for immigration has decreased, uh, certainly in, in our hemisphere, because people come from smaller families. Other economies are growing. Generally, other countries are safe enough for people to stay. Uh, Mexico's last year doesn't help anything, but uh, generally speaking, there are jobs. People will stay where their family is if they've got a job. They won't seek to come to America if they think it'll be hard to get in or hard to stay. Uh, So there's all these factors that look at this. It's certainly not the wall, and the wall will never keep anybody out, which we've had several shows on. Uh, But if we have a system that that dissuades people and says you can't come to America but there is still this demand from US agriculture, US manufacturing, US innovation, tech for workers that we can't fulfill, I guarantee you people are going to come illegally. It's going to increase illegal immigration. It just will. Uh, and maybe these guys have a secret plan on they're all buying stock in the private prison industry. Because they can arrest people and put them in these private prisons. Um, David, you saw, I'm sure, the news article out of New Mexico where one of the private prisons threatened to close the prison they currently have if the state didn't immediately put 300 more people in their prison. Really, we want private corporations like this is like RoboCop. You know, let's go in and buy and buy a city and, and put everybody in jail. So I would encourage you folks, if you're interested in the DREAM Act, if that's something, because the, the RAISE Act, you can call your senators, but they're not, I mean, unless you're like me and my senator is one of the two co-sponsors of the bill, even even Johnny Isaacson has not stepped up to this bill. That speaks volumes, David, about what this bill is. And I don't get Purdue. I don't get why he has a man who has made money on immigrants his entire life is now turning on immigrants. He's a hypocrite. He's an absolute hypocrite. I hope somebody decent runs against him in, 20, in 2020, because I think he will go down in defeat in 2020. But if you're interested in the DREAM Act, forget the RAISE Act for right now. If you're interested in the DREAM Act, it's H.R. 3440, H.R. 3440. Uh, or in the Senate, it is uh, uh, Senate 1615, Senate S. 1615. Call your senators, call your congressmen and say, I want you to sponsor this bill. I want this bill to come for a vote. We need to solve the DACA problem. This is the other thing I want to talk about, David, about this DACA issue. Uh, nine attorney generals and one governor from one of the states, which is an AG. So nine states have threatened Donald Trump and Jeff Sessions on DACA. That if he didn't eliminate DACA, they would sue the federal government to bring an end to DACA. Besides being cruel, heartless bastards and uh, uh, destroying children's lives and hurting their own economies, uh, they're not going to win this. They may very well, but of course, causing a lot of consternation in the community, but they're not going to win this. And why aren't they going to win this? And I, you know, I've talked to my friends at the ACLU about this, and I, I think I'm right on this. Uh, the key difference between DAPA, which lost in the federal courts, incorrectly in my opinion, but lost in the federal courts to this point, and DACA is this. Uh, if you go back to my blog of February 2015, uh, in which I begged President Obama to please follow the APA. We, we knew he was going to lose this case early on, before the court even heard it, because he didn't publish in the APA the DAPA EAD provisions. That's the key difference between DACA and DAPA. DACA's employment provision, which is the only thing really at issue here, DACA's employment provision has gone through the APA rulemaking process. And because it has gone through the APA rulemaking process, no court is going to strike it down. It's just not. Under the Chevron deference standard, you're not going to strike it down um, and rule it unconstitutional in any way. 
the president clearly has authority to parole people in the United States and under the APA issue work authorizations of uh, under the C-33 category. So I think that DACA will, if it's challenged, and it probably will because Trump's not going to end it. He doesn't want to be too two-faced on this stuff. Uh, they're going to try to end it with a judge, and they're going to lose. Even if, they, if by some miracle they get the same crazy judge from South Texas, uh, they're not going to get the same panel. Your buddy, your buddy Jack's not going to be on the panel again on the Fifth Circuit. Uh, and it's not going to be upheld. DAPA has already, DACA has already gone through a lawsuit as well and been thrown out on standing issues. So I, I just don't think there's any chance that DACA is going to go away. Uh, but we need to be planned for the future. Uh, DACA is not a permanent solution. It's a temporary solution. And we need to see it as, as such and work towards a more permanent solution in the DREAM Act. And I, I would hope um, that uh, that both these Dream, Dream Acts, which which really uh, reflect each other, I mean they're basically mirror copies of each other, uh, would actually be passed. On the Dream Act, as written, uh, says this as far as who qualifies. Uh, basically, um, uh, an individual. Uh, shall be considered the time of obtaining status of a permanent resident to obtain this such as a conditional basis so that you if you have if you're here if you meet the criteria that we're going to read off here you're going to get conditional residence so you have to be under 18 years of age when you came in the country you must have been physically present in the US for 4 years before the date the the laws passed under 18 when you came in and four years before the been in the country, four years before this passed. So the maximum age of anybody here uh, is going to be uh, probably let's see, forty for the days of act. So probably somewhere around 30, 35, 36. Um, and one not inadmissible. Okay, so you don't have any criminal convictions. You're not a terrorist. You're not. You're not. A, you didn't commit fraud. Uh, no marriage fraud. You didn't vote illegally, etc. Uh, you haven't. Uh, persecuted anybody, you have no uh, criminal offense uh, that is not punishable by more than one year in prison, uh, or three or more offenses in which you, you are imprisoned you are for more than 90 days. Uh, if you have been admitted to college, you, you have a high school diploma, currently enrolled in high school, uh, or in a process of getting uh, a GED of some kind. Uh, now, if you've got an expunged conviction, that's not that that may in fact be thrown out uh, under this on a case by case basis. Uh, DACA will of course be eliminated, uh, and the fee to do all this will be somewhere in the neighborhood of um, let's see, an application of fees. Uh, well, they didn't. Um, the fee is in here somewhere, but nonetheless, there'll be a fee in this. There'll be travel permissions. It's it's just overall a very 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 good bill, uh, and um, uh, I would hope Congress would pass it. That's our advice to you today on immigration. It's our con concepts today. Don't forget that the Raise Act, R A Z E, the Raise Act, uh, and uh, where we go from here is really up to you, the listener, as we as we lobby Congress as we try to make changes in our laws that benefit all of America as well as immigrants. See you next week on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. For listening, enter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.